Hello and welcome to Forces Sport with me, Kath Brazier and Julian Evans. Happy Monday or whatever day you're choosing to listen to this. Coming up today, an RAF duo who were the force behind the Royal Air Force Alpine skiing team. Coaches Roger Cruikshank and Nathan Jones enjoyed success this year at the Inter-Services Snow Sports Championships with the ladies winning the overall title. But speaking to me last week in Maribel, they reminisced about their time as athletes and how easy it's been to transition from competitor to coach. There's definitely not a major comeback <laughs> on the card. It's tempting, but... But it's, but it's nice. I, I like that feeling. I, you know, we've, we've both tra- fully transitioned to coach. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's like, yeah, reinsert or, or take out cassette, new cassette. We're there. We're, we're coaches now and we can fully focus on that. Now, Nathan Jones has been back coaching for the last few years, but for Roger Cruikshank, who, of course, competed for Team GB at the Winter Olympics in Turin in 2006, this was his first time back in nine years. His day job with the Typhoon Force has been keeping him busy, but now, finally, he's been able to return to the championships and he's loving it. It's so nice to be back with the family. You know, it's been nine years and it is like I've never left, you know, and it, even though there's a whole bunch of new people, new faces on the team, the, it's just it's just like being back with the family. And but as you say, yep, the RAF smashed it. Some fantastic skiing, and it, yeah, so so good to be part of again. It feels like this is quite an RAF strong. Uh... Uh, program we've got today Jules but really good to catch up and I've seen quite a bit of Nathan Jones over the years he was involved in the Victus Games as well but I haven't seen Roger I don't think for at least 10 years when we interviewed him live on our balcony in Maribel so just brilliant to see him back in the fold. Of course yeah when you speak to him live on your balcony (laughs) yeah Um, it's great to hear from Roger isn't it I mean he's been busy he's a fast jet guy but he suffered a serious injury didn't he on the slopes? Didn't that yeah, almost sort of curtail his Air Force career, let alone his skiing career? Well, that was before he competed for GB. And actually, he goes on to talk about that. And um, although we don't have that chunk in the show today, you will, of course, be able to look back at um, this interview on our BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel. And he, both Nathan and him talk about the injuries. The injury that Roger suffered on the skis was um, to his knee and he was basically told he'd barely be able to sort of walk or run again. So for him to be able to get back and be able to compete for GB was incredible. But he also suffered a mountain, he had a mountain biking accident where he, I mean, in the, the loosest terms possible, smashed his face in. And that's been, you know, he's got metal bits. They both beep a lot when they go through airports, as far as I understand it, through the the scanners. Um, So they've both had incredibly life-changing injuries. And um, yet, you know, quite happy to get back on skis. I suppose it's their, they feel it's their second home. Do typhoon pilots go through airports? I thought they just sort of pitched up where they wanted. (laughs) Well, he's, he actually, he is not allowed, he wasn't allowed to fly. So he was medically discharged from flying because of the injuries he got. So he, he can't be a pilot, which he was very good at, but he's still involved with the typhoon force. But yeah, I mean, I doubt you'd see them. They wouldn't drop in, would they? They'd just do a flyby. And what a great time to catch up with a former Olympian when the Winter Games are on at the moment. Absolutely. And I'm sure he'll be watching with with keen eyes. I've actually got it on in the background here. So it's really nice, isn't it? When the the Olympics or the Paralympics are on, you've got blanket coverage across um, across the channels. And I, I just have it on as background noise. It's really nice. Nice bit of dovetailing for you. <laughs> um, so in terms of obviously we're, t- we're talking winter sports, um, I'll give you, Jules, a few of the sort of 
top headlines from Maribel. Um, if I just read out the, the team results. So what they were doing during the week is after every event, they have obviously have the podium for first, second and third place for the men's and the women's races. What they were doing this year is they were presenting the team prizes for each event as well, because they did have a closing ceremony, but it wasn't as long and it wasn't as it normally is. So they wanted to cut down the amount of prizes they did on the final day. So they were all presented during that the week. But um, it's I can never keep track point system wise of, of who has won what. But I can tell you, I'm bringing you it's not really live because I got these on Friday night, but um, mm. The Telemark competition was won by the British Army, and that was mainly due to the fact that Stefan Hurst basically won every event. Um, the snowboard, the women's overall winners was the Royal Air Force. Um, the Royal Navy won it two years ago for the first time in a long time. But even though they had a winner in one of the events, it's it's all about who comes second and third. It all It's also about you nominate six or four top athletes and it's how they score as well so if they're in the for example in the army alpine the men won that and often they would have six seven races in the top 10 so all of those count towards the points so like i said the uh women's overall winners in snowboard were the royal air force the men's overall winners were the british army and that is despite you see paddy morris winning two of the three events but it's all about second third and the positions in the top 10 Alpine, the women's overall winners were the Royal Air Force. And as I said earlier, the men's overall winners, the British Army. So those are kind of the main headlines. I mean, there are thousands of awards and podiums that, that were handed out. But, um, yeah, it's again, it's a nice mix. And again, different from, from two years ago. So people always have something to compete for. Because of the various things that have been going on in the background, did all the athletes have a good time? Were there lots of smiling faces on the slopes? They really were. And actually, given that, you know, there were quite a few concerns about and I, I know I keep repeating this, but there were quite a few concerns about them not having, not having had enough time on snow. There were actually there was one very nasty crash um, involving one of the RAF ladies um, called Gracie right at the beginning of the week. Um, thankfully, fingers crossed, she is OK. She was up and walking by the end of the week, but it's we didn't have confirmation, but it's a suspe suspected ACL. So that'll be quite a large recovery time for her. But in the end, it's just I'm just glad that she's up and and happy and she was supporting her team by the end. Um, yeah, not not that many crashes, really. I think everyone and everyone skied really well and smoothly and seemed to get we there's normally quite a few did not starts or do not finishes but i felt that this year people just i guess just wanted to get down um yeah everyone was happy it was sunny for four days out of five and that always helps um and they they're so good with us you know we we as the bfbs team they're in our in our black sort of labeled jackets and i've never been somewhere where people are so happy to be in front of camera it's um I think they're briefed well, so uh, yeah, it worked really well, and I think it was a good week for us as well. Well, the coverage has been really good. I don't <laughs> Thank think you, Jules. I don't think you've disappointed anybody, and of course, <laughs> a, a first this time, the live streaming of various events. We uh, yes, I mean, in the end, we only did one, but I can tell you, there's definitely potential um, because they have these evening events that are just on the the, the. the difficulty is, is that most of the events are over such a big distance that you can't. 
you can't do it you can't justify a live stream when all you've got is the last submit you know 30 seconds of a race but the parallel giant slalom that we did on on tuesday night and it snowed the entire time which i suppose adds to it as a viewer but um first time i've done that first time our expert dave tozer had done it and he loved it um, and it just happened to be one of the most exciting competitions I've ever seen. Um, I think potentially next year we've got the we ca we could do a couple. We could do an Alpine and a Telemark event as well. But um, given that I've broken myself a little bit this week, I'm uh, I'm not agreeing into anything yet. But um, it is possible, and I think it worked really well. It's something that's so unique to us that we'll, we're able to do that at the drop of a hat, really. You, look, you keep mentioning Telemark. You say it's popular amongst <clears throat> the Royal Marine community. Is that because of the amount of time they spent in Norway doing that sort of type of skiing, that cross-country type of skiing? That's what I'm told, yeah. it's um, And I think, I mean, I say Royal Marines, you know, there's, there's a lot of fit people across the services, but it does require a level of endurance, which is heart in your mouth, pumping. It's... It's hard work. It's really hard work. Um, the old lactic acid building up. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I need a holiday now. But um, it's actually, like you say, it's really nice to come back and be able to watch the Winter Olympics now and the Paralympics, of course, which start in March, because I sort of feel like I've got a bit of knowledge behind me in a way. Well, well just as an aside, I know we'll be hearing more <clears> from Roger Cruikshank, who represented Team GB at 2006 in Turin. That was quite a strong forces outfit in 2006 i seem to remember particularly bobsleigh lee johnson yes. from the royal marines wasn't there dan humphreys who at the time was in the royal air force i think he then went on to compete for canada and wasn't jackie davis in the in the women's bob as well i think it was quite a strong strong forces team back then so it's great how military athletes can force their way to the very top of winter olympic um perfect well i say professionalism sport it's fantastic <laughs> It really is. And we've obviously got the representation this year as well. But duels away from winter sports, um, of course, the inter-services rugby union season is going to be heating up. And the RAF men went to Chino on Wednesday where they lost by the narrowest of margins. 28, sorry, 29, 28. Oh, Australian. Why did you gone Australian? <laughs> that was Kiwi. Come on. That was, was my best oh. Kiwi accent. In their, it was their, only their second game of the season and their first run out of 2022. Head coach Justin Coleman brought 29 players to the game and each had a run out as they prepare for the 2022 inter services season. That kicks off with their match against the Army at King's Home in Gloucester on March the 26th. Now, Josh McNally, of course, a Premiership player with Bath, is hoping to play in those matches for the Royal Air Force against the Army and the Royal Navy. And he was in Chinook to see his Air Force teammates play. John Knighton caught up with him after the game. Yeah, I'm desperate to get back involved. I think everyone wants to play an IS game. Like, obviously, it was a quite disappointing IS for us last time out in 2019 so to be able to have to be able to get back out there now and after a long two years it, I sort of can't wait so um, a few more months for a few more weeks playing for Bath and then hopefully put the light blue shirt on soon. I know that having you down here tonight has given a boost to all the boys here that yeah. you know, some of them have, you've never met probably and uh, you know some of them you you're probably old acquaintances that you haven't seen for a while. Yeah any opportunity you can get down is it's nice to come and watch the lads obviously A as a supporter but then also just try and help out where I can talk to some of the younger lads and just sort of just help to try and grow us as a, as a team and and get guys better and, uh, and move forward. I know much they appreciate it. Well, just just a final thought. Obviously, you know, a great win for for the boys Bath yeah. last Friday, which 
I think everybody who likes who loves rugby was delighted to see that that performance and, and the way it sort of ripple through the whole team and the club and the fans and everything that must have given you a real boost and a hope that you can pull out from that position yeah. you're in yeah definitely I think it's been a pretty torrid seven months like we don't have to look back at that to, to see that it's it's um, it's been challenging we, we've made changes we, it's, there's going to be changes coming forward but yeah to see the fight and the desire from the lads like it wasn't it wasn't a pretty game but I think we went out there and sort of showed what we can do and, and hopefully that takes us forward um, doesn't get any easier though does it <laughs> it doesn't know but like there's no there's no easy week in the premiership I've we've been living that for the last six months so um, just excited to just go back out there and try and replicate anything that we did on the weekend I think it was really important that we we sort of heard from Josh there because I suppose I, we've not avoided speaking to them at Bath Jules but it has been a difficult season for them and it's it's hard when you know people personally to sort of see them go through that and, and know what they are really capable of. Um, but Josh is eternally positive, to be honest, um, and he's already achieved his dream of playing Premiership rugby. Um, so hopefully that was a turning point for Bath. Uh, well, it didn't get any easier at the weekend because they got thumped by Saracens. <laughs> yeah. um, but, it, but, it, but, you know, yeah, I mean, Saracens, uh, you know, top at the other end of the table, uh, Josh outlined the, the frustrations, the problems that they've had at Bath this year. But, you know, you look at Leicester a little while ago. Leicester were having torrid times and now they're top of the table. So anything can happen in professional sport. And we wish Rocco and Josh all the best, not just with Bath, but, of course, with the inter-services to come. And, and one scoreline that perhaps you didn't see was that the Army development side, this is the feeder into the Army rugby union side proper, they had a good run out against the students of Oxford University Reserve. So it was Oxford Greyhound. Uh, they won on, on Saturday afternoon down in Aldershot. I think it was 41 points to five in the end. So things are building nicely. I think we could be in for a vintage inter-services tournament this year. Excellent. Well, of course, we will be bringing you those games when they happen. Uh, other code, Rugby League, after their 14-10 second round win over the Army, the Royal Navy have been drawn at home to National Conference side York Acorn in the third round of the Challenge Cup. This tie is due to be played next weekend, this coming weekend in fact, and it's only the second time the Band of Brothers have made round three. The last time was 10 years ago when they lost to Hunslet. If they win the tussle with York, they'll play away to Batley Bulldogs in round four. The Navy have never reached the fourth round in their history and they'll be playing at home this weekend, Burnaby Road. Um, we will bring you more details of when that is due to be played. I'm not entirely sure whether it's Saturday or Sunday yet, but um, we will cover it as per normal. I think it's being live streamed by the Rugby Football League. So something, you, again, that you'll be able to watch. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Kath Brazier and as ever, I'm reliably joined by Julian Evans. Now, it's nice to finally hear again from Roger Cruikshank and Nathan Jones, who, of course, were staunch competitors for the Royal Air Force out in Maribel and previous inter-services snow sports championships. They're now coaching the RAF side, the men and the women. And let's hear from them now. It's so nice to be back with the family. You know, it's been nine years and it is like I've never left, you know, and it, even though there's a whole bunch of new people, new faces on the team, the, it's just it's just like being back with the family. And but as you say, yep, the RAF smashed it. The uh, the it looks like we don't know yet. It's not actually confirmed, but it looks like the women have taken the win for the overall win, and then the guys are in second place. So some fantastic skiing, and it, yeah, so so good to be part of again. And Nathan, you've been back as coach um, in the meantime, haven't you, as well? So do you have the sort of, you've got similar feelings, I guess, that family feeling? 
Yeah, I mean, I I had a, a few years off, not quite as many as Rog. I'm, I'm not quite as slack as Rog, leaving at nine years. I think he had another job. Yeah. <laughs> I've got know. my excuses, but he doesn't listen to them. But. No, definitely not. No. Um, but no, it's it, look, it's awesome. And it's it's such a... <clears throat> I don't know. It's a it's a it's a big but easy transition going from athlete to coach. Um, and the yes, there are some young blood and uh, and new guys. Lo- loads of new caps this year. Um, but it's great that the old heads, the the guys that were were racing when Roger and I were, are, uh, are still here and still smashing it. So it's brilliant. It's a great balance. And it's like the the buzz as well that you get, you know, as a coach. Remember, like you know, we've we've been part of a few wins. We did take down the army together twice, um, and just get that in there where we can. Oh yeah, yeah, just threw that in there. Um, but it's like as an as an athlete, obviously you're having to worry about your individual performance, and there's a lot of pressure to perform and to put a good run down when there's plenty of variables in ski racing as it is, and we're fully aware of that. So it's coaching. It's not just about ski technique. It's about the psychology of it and making sure that everybody is is ready to go for it but then they know the risk as well um and actually the buzz that you get as well you know from from us sort of starting standing up there together and then when we hear that the you know the girls have crossed the line and taken the win it's just such it's such a good feeling because you're part of it even though we're not racing in the team yeah. we're totally part of it but it's nice to know that even though you physically... Because there's always a thing, like, sports people don't generally like watching the sport because they're so... They get itchy and they want to be on the pitch or, in this, this case, on the piece. But do, do you experience that? Do you sort of think, oh, if only I could race, I could sort of... But I, are you beyond that now? <laughs> yeah, I get look, I get that itch every time. And, and, yep. and, I mean, especially today, it's so nice out there. The conditions are perfect. The snow's brilliant. It's really sort of forgiving and grippy. And then I sort of try and walk a bit, and my knees are like, oh, and, and I go, no, I'm, I'm, I'm out of it, I'm over. But, uh, but no, it's, yeah, and it's, just, it's lovely. It's, I, I suppose, <clears throat> I like having that feeling that I know that I can't do it now, and there's no, there is no kind of um, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if there was, then yes, you would be getting that itch, and you'd be like, oh, I should be on there, I should be racing. No but, major comeback on the cards then. There's definitely not a major comeback <laughs> on the so cards. tempting, but but it's, but it's not. I I like that feeling. We you know we've we've both tra- fully transitioned to coach, and um, yeah. So it's it's like yeah, reinsert or or take out cassette, new cassette. Nice. We're there. We're, we're coaches now, and we can fully focus on that. And I think what I really love as well, which I think possibly you know the viewers don't see, and people who aren't here don't see, and I kind of almost forget every year. A is how professional is I mean I, I do know that every year but on the coaching side you know every single skier up there as soon as one skier comes down one of you or one of them is on the radio going right this is what the run's like this is where the tough corners are and I, I don't know that anyone really sees that they just see people coming down the mountain but it is literally you know during that race however many runs there are you guys on the radio constantly with your team, like letting them, and it's the same with the Army and the Royal Navy as well. Absolutely, and um, you know, it's all the stuff that I experienced from you know the, the British team back in the day, and, but to be honest, I do remember coming from the Brit- British team and joining the RAF team and going, oh, well, they drink a bit more than the British team, <laughs> uh, but you know, the, um, the, um, the feeling of being part of that professional scene where everybody's doing exactly the same thing as I was doing with the, you know, with the British team, um, all those lessons learnt, um, you know, being able to pass them on um, as a racer and then a coach, it's, it's been really good to be part of. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's also the stuff that happens behind the scenes as well. So obviously you've just talked about what happens you know, on the hill with the, with the radios, the coaches, where we stand, the, but then there's the video debrief, you know, the hours um, going over that um, with, with these guys and girls craving for, oh, well, I know I took this line, but what should I do? But then also, for example, um, we've had, unfortunately, one of our girls, Gracie, um, had a really bad fall. Um, so you can imagine all the psychology behind that, how that, obviously we got to support her, but then how that affects the rest of the team because they've seen her and see how much pain she was in. But then also what I loved this morning was that they had to get her from, uh, we're staying in a really nice chalet, had to get her from there down to the piste and she's got a really bad knee. So it was like this coordination where everyone's so busy, you know, with the races, getting the skis ready, getting them scraped, getting them fast. And then there's the coaches worrying about, well, you need to be here at this time because we need to inspect the course together. But they still managed to do all of that and get Gracie to the bottom so she could cheer us all on and be part of the team. And that's what I mean. It's a family and it's really, really nice to be part of. It's an, it's an interesting one, this, because you, you don't really get this in any other aspects of skiing. Like, yes, fair enough, you know, you've got all the, the international teams going out to Beijing at the moment, and, and they are part of that team environment. But in all other aspects of ski racing, it's not, yes, you might be part of a team, but you don't have that team cohesion and bonding that you get in this. You know, this is the oldest ski race in the world, the in-services ski champs. And there is nothing like it because it's such a tight-knit team and the way that the way that you work together and yes there's the individual aspect individual performance you know you all want to do the best for yourself but the at the end of the day the most important thing here is the team and doing it for your service so it's been amazing to experience that as an athlete point of view where you are you know sort of fully focused on it and now you know it's, it's giving it every every athlete their individual bits of advice because everyone's different but then you've got that collective of of how you try and either psych them up or chill them out and zone them in to to what what's going on because every race is different and, and every discipline is different so yeah it's 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 such a nice environment but the you know the the team aspect of it and you know we're obviously going to be biased the the air force have have always had this really nice team ethos the team bonding the way it gels um and it it just works and it's that, great and that's what i mean that that cohesion yeah. that nath has mentioned you know for me being away for nine years it's still there you know it's just it just feels like i've just plugged straight back in to the raf team where i was nine years ago and it's so yeah it's so good to be part of that definitely but you must have seen some changes maybe technically i mean obviously just generally skiing has changed and come on a lot since you guys were competing um, how is that in the inter-services, you know, because I know that the skiers and the snowboarders and the telemark skiers, everyone's responsible for waxing their own skis, looking after, and obviously they've got different skis for different races. You know, in terms of when you guys were competing, has much changed essentially, or is it just the fact that technology's got better, you know? I don't know. I mean, when we were racing, we were racing in wooden skis with leather boots. So <laughs> the... That's yeah, it's moved, it. it's moved on a little bit, you know, and yeah. the greys are in. For hundred, well done. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, it, it's it's developed. Everything develops. Technology develops on, but you know, the, it hasn't developed that much. No, I, I don't know. What what are your views on it? No, I, I agree. It's like actually, um, still the premise is the same, even though the technology has changed here and there. But you know, the carving skis because. As you say, back in the day when I had my straight skis that didn't have any sort of carving ability whatsoever, he had to actually push them. 
Um, now it's a lot easier. Okay. But no, it's it's <laughs> um, it's that. it's not. You know, there's there's all the other variables that Nath just mentioned before. You know, the the type of snow, the weather, and stuff that actually we've had a bit of everything. You know, when you when you think back to to these champs just now. You know the fog mm. and then having to delay and then obviously how that then affects all the racers in different ways you, you get people who are just completely unfazed they're like yeah it's fine if i can see i can you know i can go for it as long as i can see the next gate in front and then some people are like oh you know they, they need some more hugs <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah so i think still it is the same stuff but um but then again that's what i like about being away and then coming back so nine years ago you know you had sort of key people who were um, within the team who would make sure that it was the correct wax and the correct sort of type of skis and all that just happens you know I'd, as I remember as coach back in the day I really ha have to influence that but no the team are just all over it you know and it's just as you said before it's a really professional outfit and it, it is maintaining that if, if getting more professional especially now that we've been away for a few years. The, the main change in ski tech happened from when Roger and I were kids right. to then when we were yeah. young racing. adults yeah. and racing it was, I mean, that was, and that was a huge change. Like, you know, like Roger's saying, the old straight skis yeah, and the, the whole technique of skiing changed. Mm. Rog maintained racing in that period. I didn't because okay. I couldn't race because I was on a rugby contract. Oh, and gosh. over that period, skis all completely changed. And mm. then I put these skis back on and it was like, what are these? <laughs> they actually want to turn. Wow, <laughs> this is brilliant. So then I had to sort of re reteach myself. But. <laughs> Really good stuff from. there. Really good yeah, stuff. Yeah, great to hear from those two boys. And of course, I think for Nathan and Roger in particular, he would have been delighted to have witnessed events at Murrayfield at the weekend, something that you're probably <laughs> not too happy about, the fact that you went from Mirabel to Murrayfield. What happened there, Yeah. Uh, I, I have come to terms with the loss and accepted that the penalty try was... Um, you know, a very cynical refereeing decision, but at the end of the day, it is the rules. And, you know, poor Luke Cowan-Dickey has apologised. But did you know that the last time Scotland beat in England in consecutive games was 1984? 1984. Yes, and they went on to win that. the Grand Slam. So there you yes. go, well, Scotland fans. Well, is, is it written in the stars? I don't know. I think They don't think so. They're being as... as well, they're being as negative as normal, but, you know, they're, they're uh, a good side. Irish eyes were smiling as well, so Ireland yes. would be very happy with their performance. And France, probably between Ireland and France for this year's Six Nations, yes. I would imagine. Look, it's, it's been a really busy week of, of sport, and of course, the weekend in particular, all kicked off with the FA Cup. Some fantastic <laughs> performances. Uh, we had to wait a little bit for a cup upset because, um, I, I don't know, Kidderminster... They were winning against West Ham, but they couldn't quite see it across the line yeah. uh, before they went down. And of course, Plymouth, lots of, I'm sure, Navy fans that followed Plymouth, if they'd been ended up posted down there, they would have had their fingers crossed that Plymouth could beat Chelsea. Unfortunately, that was not to be. But yesterday, what about Boreham Wood beating <laughs> Bournemouth? Wow. Um, it's just amazing. From the sixth tier. Of, yeah. are they, um, is it sixth tier of football? Or was that Kidderminster? Anyway, well, well done to Boreham Wood. So fantastic for them. Um, see what happens in the next round. When's that? March, I think they, they, they play the fifth round, so that's to come as well. Look, just keeping an eye on some of our elite forces athletes, Netball Super League made its return at the weekend, and D. Bolokoro was playing for seven stars. They got their campaign off with a fantastic victory against Surrey Storm. Both games, they played the second game on the Sunday as well. Unfortunately, they lost that one to Manchester Thunder, but a good start for, for D. 
Army stalwart, of course, getting the seven stars up up to a flying start. And yeah. Liam Sanford, one of our former of guests course. on this very program. Um, he helped uh, England to beat Spain in their, what's it called, the Hockey Pro League, the International Hockey yes. Pro League? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, FIS, they, yeah. FIS, so they, they beat Spain 6-1 and 3-2, so some good wins there. So, yeah, fantastic performance by our forces athletes in all the sports that they play. And there's probably some more action that you'll be covering this week. What are you up to? Um, I, 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 do you know what, Jules? I'm so glad you're across this because I don't know what I'm doing day to day at the moment. Um, I did mean the FIH, of course, which is the um, the Hockey League, not the FIS. I'm still in winter sports mode. But as we said earlier, the Rugby League Challenge Cup third round is coming up this weekend and involving the Royal Navy. Also, Jules, you'll be seeing some inter-services under-23 football competition that starts this week and you're off to cover the first game, Army versus the Royal Navy in Aldershot. I am. And let's not forget, we need to tell people that your interview with Nathan and Roger can be seen in all its Maribel Technicolor wear. Yeah. You can find all the full interviews because we only play a short segment on this show where you can find the full interviews that are filmed um, by our wonderful staff of, of cameramen and they can be found on the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel. Um, and you can also keep up with everything that's been happening at forces.net. So there's a nice Maribel section, for example, there where you can get all the latest results and action. And of course, some behind the scenes stuff filmed by uh, one of our news reporters. And we should also be seeing a day in the life piece that Nan King filmed last week about the BFBS team. So if you're that way inclined, you want to see how busy or not busy we are, then please keep your eyes out for that. But that is it from Forces Sport for another week. We'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by emailing us at forcesport at bfbs.com. And you can look back at all the chats with our military guests on the weekly Forces Sports programmes at bfbs.com slash podcast or on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've run out of time. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Jules. See you next week. Mm-hmm.